that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Basement Podcast. I am, of course, your host, world-renowned radio show host of the best radio show you've never listened to, Logan Blackman. I hope you all are having a fantastic Wednesday or a good Wednesday pre-noon edition of the Logan Blackman Show. It's 10.06, so let's just dive right into what we're talking about. Before that, we got to go over the daily weather report. Look at what we're dealing with for today, because yesterday was a scorcher. Friggin' hot yesterday. I worked outside all day yesterday, pouring mulch at Hy-Vee on Fleur over by the airport. It sucked. <laughs> My dad called us week after we did it, but it was it was fun. It it may have been basically a hundred degrees outside, or felt like a hundred degrees outside, but. It was nice. It was fun. I love working over with the Heartland boys because there's always there's never a dull moment when you work with the Heartland boys. Julio, Brian, Toriano, Raul, Juan, Tyrese. Love working with the Heartland boys. There's never a dull moment over there. It's always fun. We always have something to talk about. There's always some laugh some something to laugh about during the day. And the day goes by faster because you're actually having fun doing a job that in all reality sucks <laughs> but you know what we keep on doing it we do it every single day and today it's uh it's not as hot as it is yesterday as it was yesterday it's still going to be a little hotter later in the day but right now it's pretty nice out it's pretty decent outside 73 degrees mostly sunny i was outside earlier today i was getting my mom's car washed and filling it up with gas it's nice out it's a pretty nice day outside and it's going to be a high of 89 which won't be reached till the end of the day so hopefully when everybody's done working, if you're working outside, you get done before the massive heat wave comes in. Because right now it's 73, and by 4 o'clock it will be 88 degrees. So a massive increase in temperature, 15 degree increase in temperature come 4 o'clock. So hopefully everybody that works outside starts to, and their day starts to end at that point. But tomorrow, Friday... It's going to be hot. We are we are reaching summer. <laughs> we are finally reaching summer. After the the days and weeks of us sitting there going like, man, it's supposed to feel nice outside. Why is it 50 degrees, cloudy, and windy with a very high chance of rain? Why are we having this? Now it's starting to feel like summer. So everybody, go and enjoy the sun outside. 89 degrees today. 91 tomorrow. And then 90 on Friday, 85 Saturday, 89 Sunday, and then 91 on Monday. And then we'll start back getting those lower temperatures, as I just talked about. 80, 75, 74, 73 with rain expected Tuesday and Wednesday. Thunderstorms, it looks like, on Tuesday. But as this this app has told me anything, especially when we were moving from our old house in Cedar Falls to our new house, it's not very accurate because it was supposed to rain the entire time we were up there. I think it rained for a grand total of five minutes throughout three days. It, it didn't do that, but speaking of rain, there's a 10% chance of rain today. Wind's coming out of the north-northwest at 9 miles an hour. Air quality good is good, and it feels like 73, and it is 73 degrees. Yesterday, after I got done working, thankfully, one of my friend, one of my good friends and former roommate, like you say in Spaceballs with Dark Helmet talking to Lone Star, he has a pool. So yesterday, after I got done with work, we hopped in his pool, me and a few friends, Went to a pool to cool off. It was a beautiful night to do that. It was a lot of fun. And then you always sleep good after you go on a nice little walk to Casey's and then jump in a pool. It feels great. It feels great. And towards the end of the night, it was just just beautiful. It wasn't 
the humidity wasn't in- extreme. The thing that saved yesterday was the wind. If there wasn't any wind yesterday, oh my god, it would have been terrible. Toriano, one of the people we mentioned earlier, after we were done working, was keeled over on a on the trailer because allergies were acting up a lot because the mulch was all spinning around, all the pollens coming off of trees and stuff. Like, it wasn't fun. Thankfully for me, I took an allergy pill that morning. He took one the night before, so his were acting up a little bit. I was pretty good, but yeah, it was a good day of work yesterday. Very good. I, I love working with the Heartland boys. If we could do a documentary season series with the Heartland boys, I bet that would do very, very well. On whatever platform we did that on, whether it be YouTube, uh, Instagram Live, or uh, what, 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 Vice, or something, they would, they would do something like that, because wasn't that where... That's where Sunny, always sunny in Philadelphia is, but was, was the league on there? And we could do it, like, be like, kind of like Trailer Park Boys. I was thinking about this yesterday. It'd be kind of like Trailer Park Boys, if I'm being honest, which everybody loves Trailer Park Boys. I haven't met a single person that is not like Trailer Park Boys. It's just a, it's a great show. It's got that, uh, it's not, it, it's got that feel of a show that you can just like, oh, I could go out and make that. It's not great quality, especially in the early seasons, and it's just people walking around with cameras. Like, you could do that, and it, they did it very well, because they're like, oh, we're just going to view, this is Julian's thing, let's go out and do this. So, yeah, anybody could do that, so I have that idea for the Heartland Boys. Will it actually happen? Probably not, but you know what? Oh, jeez. It's still fun. Jeez. Logan, chill out. It's still fun regardless. I love working there. And it's crazy to think about that. I've, my dad's had this business for 12 years and I've worked for him for pretty much eight years. And it's crazy to see how the, the company has evolved and how many people and new people that come in and out of the doors of either Henderson washout, Henderson contracting, Henderson, uh, Heartland outdoor, anything. And I was talking to one of my friends about this last night. It's been a lot of fun. This is the first time I, I love working with those guys. And I don't think I've said that about any other group I've worked with there. And I've worked a lot of weird jobs at Heartland Outdoor and Hendrickson Washout. And even Hendrickson Contracting, but not as much Hendrickson Contracting, but more Hendrickson Washout and Heartland. But it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. And we got a good show playing for y'all today, and I hope you enjoy the show. We've got some good stuff to talk about. We're talking about some NBA stuff today, something we haven't talked about in a very, very long time. I can't remember the last time we actively... Well, minus the last dance and minus the Chicago Bulls uh, tier list thing, we don't we haven't really talked a lot about the NBA. So we've got a new playoff. The they've announced uh, dates where they think the finals will start. A game seven of the finals will be so October twelfth. Season is aiming to return on July thirty first. Twenty two team season, so we have a a twenty two team playoff bracket. And then also, we got a top 10 in the upcoming NBA draft. Team needs for each of the top 10 teams. This is currently, so we didn't actually go through the lottery and actually switch up the teams and stuff. This is what it is right now with no lottery, with just based off records. And we got a pick for each of the top 10 teams in there. We got college football news with Justin Ross being out for the season, how that will affect Clemson. Will they still be one of the best teams in the country? Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, and then we rank the top 10 quarterbacks in college football. That It's not just based off pro potential. It's not going off of this year's draft. 
It's every single quarterback in college football. And then if we have time, time permitting, we've got a backup quarterback bracket, which I did, when was this, on Friday, I think? But I haven't released it or anything. So we'll talk about that, especially with the news that Tua is looking like to be the starter of the Miami Dolphins. So that changes up the bracket a little bit. So now Ryan Fitzpatrick is the back. I mean, it changes up a little bit. It doesn't change it up that much. And then we've also got KBO and Bundesliga scores to go over. We got games today for the Bundesliga. We had a game on Monday with RB Leipzig. So I'll recap that game and preview some of the games coming up this week. But uh, before we get into all of that, let's start off the show with this. So yesterday, if you were not aware, was Blackout Tuesday. So everybody on Instagram, if you went on Instagram at all, it was just post upon post upon post of just a black square with the hashtag Blackout Tuesday. Which I get, it's a, it's for a great cause, showing the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that. But then you look at it and go, well, isn't this kind of, it's great for the cause because it's getting people to notice it. But it's also one of those social media challenges. So it's like you're doing the the cause is good, but is everybody doing this for the right purpose or are they just doing this for the likes on Instagram? It's confusing. And it's also when you if someone puts the hashtag Black Lives Matter or tag something, that'll push all the information that we're actually needing to get to the bottom of the page and we just get bombarded with black screens. If you scroll on your Instagram, and I guarantee this is like everybody's Instagram, you click update your Instagram page, like you'll scroll up like you do before you always go on there and you scroll down. It's just hundreds upon hundreds of black pictures. And again, the message is great. I can get behind the message 100%. Black Lives Matter, I can get behind that 100%. But did you do it for the right reasons is what I'm going at. Because there was this whole trend that really started when quarantine started. When everybody got locked down in when, when the start of COVID-19 hit. You had a bunch of different Instagram challenges. You had challenges ranging from push-up challenges to 30-day song challenges to uh, what was the until tomorrow challenge. You do uh, There were some things with handstands and putting on shirts or taking off shirts. Uh, taking off shorts if you're Simone Biles. There's a lot of different challenges on Instagram that gets views and stuff like that. If you posted this, were you doing it for the right reason? Did you properly educate yourself on what's been going on? Or were you just doing this just to do it? Which, I don't want to be that judgmental prick, but I'm guessing a lot of people that posted that just did it just to post it without actually doing anything for the likes that everybody's getting on Instagram. Because it's not everybody that posted it. It's not everybody. A lot of people that posted that, I guarantee, had good intentions. Well, everybody has good intentions behind that. It's not everybody going with malice intent, going, I'm posting this sarcastically or whatever. Everybody that posted it has good intentions, but did you actually do anything after you posted that? Because Blackout Tuesday, it's all over social media, all that stuff. I did find it funny, though, that the 49ers posted it and the two NFL players that have been basically spearheading the Black Lives Matter movement and police brutality have been Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, two former San Francisco 49ers players. 
So a lot of people on Twitter obviously <laughs> weren't thrilled with the idea that the 49ers were like, Black Lives Matter, and then we cut the two people that have been this, um, I don't know, the leaders of the movement, I guess. Because I don't want to say focal point, because they don't, I'm sure they don't want to be seen as like, the only reason you know about something. They want to be the people that get you talking about stuff. They don't want to be the guy you're, they don't want to be focuses. At least that's what I'm imagining they don't want. I'm sure everybody's got their own interpretation about what's going on and everything. But when you post those Blackout Tuesday things, I really hope you either A, donated some money to one of the causes out there or signed a petition or educated yourself on what is actually going on. And that's that's just my hope for that. I went out, I donated $5 to the George Floyd Memorial Fund, which has got millions upon millions of dollars worth of donations, which is beautiful to see. Their goal was like, it was something small, it was like one one point, I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't even them that started it, I be, well, I believe. And now it's reached upwards of $10 million. I saw George Floyd thing on uh one of my friends tweeted it yesterday or this morning i guess so i went on there donated some more money to that cause as well with george floyd because it's it's not good what's going on right now it's sad to see and i've seen this on social media other countries like i we talked about this on monday of new zealand uh the the netherlands england just countries all across the world are doing these protests and it's not even in their country which shows there is something wrong in america all 50 states have had over 100 protests across the country there's been over 100 protests across the country and there's a lot of beautiful scenes from these protests across the country i saw a clip on twitter about 15 minutes ago that had um a group of protesters marching down or walking down the hill or walking down a hill and singing worship songs stuff like that it's just beautiful to see and then as we said on monday you have the people that are taking advantage of the situation and that's very bad because it's those little people that are doing the damage that are going out and looting places that are making the rest of the protesters that are doing this for a good cause look bad and that's the same thing with the cops that are like the cop that killed george floyd the cops that have done all this. That's making the rest of the cops look bad. And we know this. We, Not all cops are bad people. That's just, everybody knows that. But, those those select individuals that make the rest of the group look bad. And it's those bad eggs that make the rest of it around it bad. Those protesters, they are beautiful protests. Your right to protest, it's one of our many rights in America. The right to protest, the right to free speech. But the looters that are taking advantage of such a, a hard situation, the damages that are being done by the people that are not doing this for the right reasons, that's what's hurting some of these protests. And it's sad. Because the protests that have been done have been beautiful. You see them on social media, the, the scenes in Kansas City, as we talked about on Monday, where everybody is on a knee. Silence is just, they're all sitting down on the ground, just silence. 
I don't know what the uh, what other stuff happened in Iowa City last night, but what I saw, uh, the police were taking off their riot gear in Iowa City. I don't. I. To be honest, I didn't really look at a lot of stuff last night. I wasn't really on social media all day yesterday. I worked for about ninety percent of the day, and then I went on a walk with my friends and later swam. So I didn't really. I wasn't really on social media that much. And in between that, I took a shower and ate dinner with my parents. That is all I did. So I wasn't really on social media the entire day. So I don't really know what as if anything escalated past that point because there have been stories of, oh, there's these cops that took a knee with us and then they proceeded to spray everybody with tear gas and shoot everybody with rubber bullets. So everybody's got varying opinions on this matter. But one thing I think we should all agree on, and I don't really think this is much up for much debate, and if you disagree, then they've got you got more problems than I can help you with. Cause what can I what do I know? I'm just a twenty two year old living in Urbandale, Iowa that lives like is currently doing a, a podcast in my parents' basement. I go up to you and I. Nobody outside of my friend group if I walked on campus to a bunch of random people, no one would know who I am. But I think everybody as a collective can agree that this stuff needs to stop. And I'm not talking about the protests. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about racism in general. Now, how do we do that? I don't have the answers for that. How do we weed out the bad cops? I don't have any answers for that. I don't have any answers for the bigger problems that are facing us as a nation and as individuals. But you can look at it and just know it's wrong. If you don't see that, then I'm sorry, I can't really help you. Because again, I'm just some random 22-year-old in Urbandale, Iowa, doing a sports podcast, but with there being no sports on and bigger things in our world going on right now, you have to talk about the other things going on. There's way more, there's way bigger things going on in this world right now that is bigger than any, there's the term bigger than sports. This is bigger than sports. There's a lot of things that are bigger than sports. And I realize that. And I'm a radio show host. I have a lot of friends that could care less about sports. I have a lot of Some of my closest friends could care less about sports. I mean, they try to <laughs> so throw themselves into a conversation. But they really don't know what they're talking about. And they know that. They're just trying to spark up a conversation. They'll ask me a question like, oh, so, Logan, what do you think about this? There are thousands of things in this world bigger than sports sports are a great way to express yourself sports are a great way to end stereotypes that you had about another person which is what we talked about on monday with like me being in a football locker room going to college where we had a bunch of people from a bunch of different backgrounds in oskaloosa iowa of all places we had kids from atlanta we had kids from miami arizona uh oakland California we had a bunch of kids from Utah we had some kids from Iowa Missouri Illinois we had people from all over the place in a little tiny town in Iowa that I'm sure 90% of those kids and I bet they would admit it did not know was there until they came to William Penn and why your reasons are coming to William Penn I will never know because everybody has their own reasons but I think we can all agree in our times there we are forever grateful and I've said this to my parents a lot 
I feel more like a William Penn Statesman than I ever will a UNI Panther. I was only at William Penn for two years. I feel like I was there my entire life. And I made some great friends along the way. I had great friends that educated me on certain things that I was not aware of until I went there. Like my friend Nedrick, who was only there for a semester. But I had great memories hanging out with Nedrick, Brett Snyder, and Donovan Tucker every single Thursday in Nedrick's room. Every Thursday. And sometimes my friend and roommate Vincent would come over. Sometimes he would go somewhere else. I love those memories. And we were only there for a semester. He, Nedrick was only there for a semester. But there's one thing that he said that I'll never forget. It was, and it's been popping up a lot more recently when the, all this police brutality stuff kicks off again. Of... Like the the argument between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter. Because you see it on social media. People going back and forth on that all the time. The King's uh, radio announcer just got laid off because of his comments on the All Lives Matter stuff. I remember I was talking with Nedrick. We were at, oh crap, it was some, like a Dollar General or something. I don't, we were, I don't remember what we were looking for. We were at a Dollar General. It was some, it was by the Walmart at, in Oski. I don't. Is it, it, I think it's a Dollar General. Maybe it's something different. But regardless, it was one of those cheap stores. And we were talking and we were just... Me being um, an ignorant 17-year-old at the time, I didn't really get anything. So when we were talking, and one thing just got me to be quiet really fast. And he said, well, breast cancer is a form of cancer we... we are re- I'm not saying this right. Re- breast cancer is not the only important cancer, but is a big cause and a lot of people talk. We have a whole breast cancer awareness month. We uh, dedicate a lot to breast cancer research, but it's not the only important cancer. The The Bible says Jesus will leave the 99 to go search out for the one. The 99 ask, aren't we important? Jesus says, yes, but I'm going to go out and search and help for the one. That's the situation we are in right now. America, as a country right now, with everything going on, protests, riots in every single state, over a hundred protests and rallies every single day, every single night, curfews in almost every single state, some earlier than others. I think Los Angeles was like at seven, which is crazy. I don't know if that's right. I could have just read that wrong, but... It's just a, it's a weird time in the world, let alone the United States. But the United States, just like we like to see it like to be, are at the front page of every single news, but for the wrong reasons. We always like to put ourselves in other people's situations. And now we are the main source of the world's news, but for the wrong reasons. This stuff needs to end, and I don't know how it will end. I don't really know if it ever will, if I'm being 100% honest. But stuff needs to change. I think we all know that. And, again, I'm just some random 22-year-old kid in Urbandale, Iowa, doing a podcast in my parents' basement. I don't know. I don't have your answers for you. 
I will never understand what it's like to be fearful of when a cop pulls up behind me. I will never understand that. Never in my life will I. I've never once in my life feared for that. I mean, I've sat there in a car and been like, oh, crap, what did I get pulled over for? But it's never been like, I might die, which is some, which is a thought that goes through a lot of people's heads across this country. I will never understand that. And a lot of my friends won't either. It's just how it is. But some of my friends will. And it's not right. You should never fear. You shouldn't fear the cops. Unless you're actually doing something wrong. You shouldn't fear the cops. If you're Unless you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Like if you have drug paraphernalia in the car. If you have an unlicensed weapon. If you have that stuff. Then you should probably be fearful of the cops. But if you're not doing anything. You just got pulled over for tinted windows. Or a busted headlight. Or not having a license plate, which I've gotten pulled over for the latter, latter two. One time, I got pulled over twice in the same night for a headlight that was out. <laughs> but I never feared for anything. I think a lot of people out there do. And again, that's not right. We said this a lot on Monday. Nobody should be fearful because of the color of their skin. This is not right. That's how. That's not how anything should work. Just because you were born with a different skin color than I was shouldn't make you more fearful than I am of any situation, especially if you did the same stuff that I did, which is nothing. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. And you'll see a bunch of different things on social media about different things. And I just need to say, this isn't about politics. This isn't whether if you're Republican or Democrat or independent This is just about right and wrong. This isn't about politics anymore. It never really should have been about politics to begin with. This is just about right and wrong. And what is going on right now to numerous numbers of my friends and people out there across this country, it's wrong. I'll never understand what it's like to be fearful of when a situation comes up and a cop pulls me over. I got, I went for, I got caught speeding up in Hardin County when I was coming back to school from Thanksgiving break. I wasn't fearful. I was more fearful of my parents finding out what I, why I got pulled over, why I got pulled over in the first place, which was a speeding ticket. There's no cars in front of me, so my foot just kind of just got heavy and pressed down. I got the lead foot syndrome, and the sob, it may look crappy on the outside, but good lordy, that thing is fast if you're not paying attention. <laughs> but I wasn't fearful of the cop. I was fearful of what my parents would think afterwards. Especially in Hardin County. I'm not saying, like, I don't know. I love everybody. I have... No hatred in my heart for anybody. So to see this when this stuff happens, it's sad. It's very sad. And I hope and pray that stuff gets sorted out. But again, I don't know how it will or if it will. We can only hope and we can only pray that things 
slowly start turning around for the better. Because this stuff is wrong. This stuff is sad. And it needs to change. I don't know how it will. But it needs to. So if you're out there listening to this. And you haven't donated to a George Floyd's fund. Or any of the countless other victims of this. This murder pretty much. It's not any which way around it. It's just murder. And some people have a problem saying that. I don't know why, but I would recommend you either edu- you educate yourselves on the whole situation as a whole, which I'm trying to do every single day when I see this stuff on the news. And I'm one of those people that gets tired of uh, politics. I'm not a big political person. I never have been. I never will. My family is very big into politics. My papa works down at the state capitol. He's a represent. He's a lobbyist at the state capitol. Politics are a big portion of my life. I am not big into politics. I never have been, and I don't think I ever will be. But that doesn't mean I don't know right and wrong. And I'm watching the news. Even when all the politics are going on with all this stuff, I'd like to stay away from it. But with this stuff going on, I have been glued to the television whenever I'm home. When I'm home, I'm with my family and I'm watching that. When it was other when other stuff's on, I don't watch. I go downstairs or I go I well, mostly downstairs. I go on my laptop, hang out with my dog. And I'll watch some stupid cartoon. Which is probably not the best attitude to have cuz I'm I did take a news writing class, so I had to watch the news and watch the politics and stuff. So that's probably what kind of drew me out of it. But I've I've never been huge into that. And it bothers me sometimes when you see friendships and relationships get torn apart because of differing political beliefs. Which is basically the main reason why I don't like this stuff. Why I've never been huge into politics. I don't want to ruin any friendships that I've had that are more important to me than whether you're Republican or Democrat. Politics have never been that important to me because of those friendships that I've made from people of differing viewpoints. But this is different than politics. This is something that we can all agree on is evil and is bad and very, very bad and very, very sad. So I hope you go out and educate yourself. I hope you go out and donate to something, sign a petition if you need to. But don't just post something on Instagram and don't do anything else after that. Do something more. This isn't about politics. Again, this is about right and wrong. And I hope you do the right thing. And with that being said, let's take a quick break here on the Logan Blackman Show. We'll come back. We'll go over the scores from the Bundesliga and KBO. And then we've got some football, some basketball to talk about. We haven't talked basketball in a while, so hopefully that stuff gets fun. I'm not a little rusty talking about basketball because I haven't followed the NBA that closely, to be honest, because the Bulls suck. But you know what? Let's give it a crack. So we're going to take a quick break. Right, We'll be right back after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition here on the Logan Blackman Show. Again, I am, of course, your host, Logan Blackman. Follow all the Logan Blackman Show social media accounts at the underscore LB underscore show is the show's Twitter account. Follow my personal Twitter account at Logan underscore Blackman. Those are my Twitter accounts. Go search it on Instagram. Just search the Logan Blackman Show on Instagram. It should pop up. And... I think my Instagram name is like Blackman Logan or something like that. But 
it's a super hot picture of me from a YouTube video that we made. And speaking of that, go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, The Logan Blackman Show on YouTube. And then go like the Facebook page. We're at 101 likes right now. We would love to get up towards that 150 mark to the 200 mark, something along those lines. And, of course, subscribe to the Apple Podcasts, the Spotify accounts, and I guess we don't post on there as much because it takes for freaking ever to upload. Subscribe to the SoundCloud account as well. Uh, SoundCloud doesn't get a lot of action, so SoundCloud might be done here in a little bit, but Apple and Spotify are still very viable and are the main places where I would like people to go if you want to listen to the Logan Blackman show. I would like to drive people more towards the Apple Podcast because a lot of people seem to use Apple Podcasts more than they do other forms of podcasts. I mean, Spotify is obviously huge. Get your music and stuff from that. Uh, go listen to Spotify and get some podcasts in your brain. If you need to be more informed to the, on the greatest show you've never listened to or heard of, then yeah, go and listen to the Spotify account. But I thank everybody that has listened to the show. If you haven't, well, if you have, then go tell someone who hasn't because I can't really talk to the people that haven't listened to the show because you know why? They're not there because they're not listening to the show currently. That's why they're not listening to the show at all. But yeah, um, the last half, the last half hour we just talked about the whole uh, protests that are going on right now and how it's important to what is going on in the bigger picture of things in the United States. And actually, not just the United States, but the world in general. So I hope that didn't if I If you didn't like what I said, tell me. But I think I covered all the bases that I felt were necessary. I just hope the, the protests go on peacefully and that we have more beautiful scenes from likes of... Kansas City a few days ago because I I guess I heard this morning that Kansas City there was something weird that went on in Kansas City or something from one of my friends Facebook posts who lives down in Kansas City so I don't I don't know you you hear different things all the time and so you just got to find the right sources of information but I hope everything goes smoothly I hope it all goes peaceful I love seeing all the very peaceful stuff the looting and stuff's obviously not stuff that you want to see and I, yeah, I just hope it goes peacefully because it's an important it's an important thing to get talking about. And yeah, I hope it doesn't die down once this uh, once every once the protests stop. I hope this doesn't stop getting talked about because that's what we can't do. We can't afford to do that as a country. We can't afford to just let things die off and forget about things. We should remember this all the time. And I hope it sticks in everybody's heads for years and years to come. So let's move on with the next talking point here on the show. Let's go over some scores in the KBO and the Bundesliga. Both had games today. The KBO had games today and yesterday. The Bundesliga had games yesterday or uh, Monday. I don't know if they had any games Tuesday, but they have games today. So we'll talk about all of those. Yesterday in the KBO, SK beat the NC Dinos 8-2. NC Dinos, the best team in the league right now, have looked shaky as recent scores have said, Kiwum pounded Hanwa 15-3. Kia beat Lot 7-2. Samsung beat the hottest team in the league currently, the LG Twins 2-0. And my Doosan Bears beat KT 11-8. Let's look at the SK versus the NC Dinos game. SK got 11 hits in the game to Doosan 7. They Doos, or not Doosan, NC. NC got a run in the second inning and didn't score their second run until the ninth inning. Trying to start a late game run, but couldn't really go. The bats weren't really working that great for the NC Dinos in this game. Moonswung Yun Wan had eight strikeouts, 
in six innings pitch. Only gave up three hits and walked two batters. As a team, SK had 11 strikeouts in the game. They're 8-16 and 16 on the year. Flip the record pretty much, minus two games or add two games, whatever. And you get the NC Dinos record of 18-6. and six, And they beat them pretty much in the first inning. The game was over after that point. SK scored three runs in the first. And after that, it was pretty much over. Jamie Romack had three three RBIs in the game off two hits and got two walks in this game. Zhang Yiwoon had two RBIs off of two hits. And Ji Chong had two RBIs off of one hit in the game. As far as the NC Dinos go, uh, Lee J. Hawk had nine hits given up and one strikeout with two walks and seven earned runs in four innings. That's not a winning recipe. So he, when he came, when he was starting the game, it was pretty much over. Nobody got, it, it was just a very limited game for the NC Dinos. They're, one of their two people that got hits, one was a pitch hitter. Park Sook Min had one hit and one RBI in the game. No one did anything of note for the NC Dinos the best team in the league. Kiwoom, again, 15-3. Kiwoom, 13-12 on the season. Had 17 hits against Hanwa, who I believe is the worst team in the league based off record. And every inning barring two, Kiwoom scored a run. They didn't score in the second and eighth inning, but they got two, four, one, one, two, two, and three runs in the game. Hanwa got three runs in the third. That was it. They, they had one big inning, and then that was it. Kiwoom out-hit Hanwa by nine hits, 17-8. to eight. For Kiwoom, leadoff hitter Kim Ha-sung Song had three hits and two RBIs and two walks. Kim Ha-sung had one hit, two walks, but scored a run this game. And Park Byung-ho had the best game you could ask for. Two hits, three runs, three RBIs, and two walks in the game. He recorded something in every single category. Kim, Kim Woong-bin had four RBIs off two hits. Byung Woo Jian had four hits and two RBIs for Kiwoom. Pitching in the game, Han Yun Hee had five strikeouts in seven innings pitched. It's an overall dominating performance from Kiwoom in this game. The Heroes win 15 to 3. My Deuce on Bears last game we will talk about had 18 hits versus 12 against the KT Wiz. Jose Miguel Fernandez batting second in the D8 spot, two hits and four RBIs in the game for the two hole hitter. Kim Jae Hwan had two hits and two RBIs in the game. Pitching-wise, Yu Hee Kwan had two strikeouts in six innings pitched, gave up seven hits and four earned runs. Uh, it was it was ten to one after the third inning. And KT, to their credit, battled back. They got three runs in the eighth, one in the ninth. Were bat they were battling back, but they just had they just ran out of time. They just couldn't get the bat to the ball anymore the rest of the game. 4KT, the best hitter, Mel, Ro Mel Rojas Jr., two hits and three RBIs in the game in an 11-8 loss. Moving on to today's action, Kiwoom beat Hanwa 6-2. Kiwoom coming off a 15-3 demolition of Hanwa, beats them 6-2. Samsung beats LG again 12-6 in that one. Kia beat Lote 11-2. NC Dinos came back. BSK 8-6 and KT beat Doosan 7-2. LG 12-6. Final score there. LG out hit the Samsung Lions in this game 14-12, but they just couldn't make any of those hits count. They were up 2-0 going into the top of the fourth. 
Samsung gets four runs, eight runs in back-to-back innings. Well, four runs in back-to-back innings, eight runs total. To get an 8-3 to lead after the fifth inning. And then the LG started to come back. It was 5-8. to eight, And then Samsung pretty much put the final nail in the coffin. Getting two runs in the seventh and two runs in the ninth to end the game. Yeah, the Twins out-hit Samsung in this game. But it didn't matter in the end as they couldn't make any of those hits count. Tyler Saladino had two hits, walked twice, had two RBIs, and got three runs. But listen to this stat line for the Samsung Lions. Lee Won-Shuk, three hits and four at-bats, two runs, one walk, and eight RBIs. Eight RBIs in the game for Lee Won-Shuk. That's insane. That's that's an absolutely insane stat line. Eight RBIs for the third baseman for the Samsung Lions. Pitching in the game, Yoon Dong-Hyo had zero strikeouts, gave up eight hits and five innings pitched. Combined, the rest of the bullpen had seven strikeouts between them and gave up only six hits for the entire bullpen. For the LG Twins, uh, Yu Kang Nam had two RBIs in this game. Kim Min Sung had an RBI. Roberto Ramirez or Roberto Ramos had an RBI in the game as well. But that's about it. They got hits, but just could not make them count. Just a very good performance from the Samsung line. Back to back wins over the LG Twins. LG, before this series started, ended a 13-5 win over Kia. Samsung was coming off an 18-7 loss to the NC Dinos, and they have beat the hottest team in the league, the LG Twins, in back-to-back games. Beating them by six in the second one, beating by two in the first game. Um, the Kia, or KT versus Doosan. In this game, KT out-hit the Doosan Bears 14-6. The Bears also had two er- Two errors in this game, and the Doosan Bears didn't score a run until the ninth inning. They got two runs in the ninth, and that's where all of their runs came from. There wasn't any, like, spectacular performance. We had two players for the KT Wiz get three RBIs. Mel Rojas Jr. got three RBIs off three hits, and Juan J. Gunn had three RBIs off of two hits. Five, four strikeouts in the game for total for KT, and then only three for LG. So this or Doosan. So it wasn't like this insanely statistical great game. It was just a, oh no, I don't think it was very well played from either side, to, to be honest. You have seven strikeouts between two teams. That's not great. And let's talk about this game. This will be the final game we talk about. An absolute domination by the Kia Tigers versus the Lote Giants. 11-2, 14 hits for the Kia Tigers, only three for the Lote Giants. They got one run in the first and then one run in the ninth. That was it. After that one run in the first, did not score a single run to the ninth. Kia jumped out to a 3-0 lead after the third. And in the bottom of the fifth, they got a seven-run rally. Just a dominating inning there for the Kia, the Kia Tigers, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> just making sure, just making sure. Preston Tucker in this game got three RBIs. Then you have Kim Hyo-Jung, two hits, two RBIs. Kim Sung-bin. Had two RBIs and three walks in this game. The top three of the batting order doing exactly what you want. Got seven RBIs between them. Three walks in the game as well. This is it's what you need. You need the top of the order to produce, and that's exactly what they did. Joy Hyung Woo had an RBI in this game as the DH spot. Bake Yun Hwan had two RBIs in the game as the catcher. Pitching wise, Yang Hyun Jun 
had four strikeouts and two hits in his six innings pitched. And then they the bullpen shut him out the rest of the game. As far as pitching goes for the Lote Giants, Adrian Sampson, four and a third innings pitched, nine hits, six earned runs, three walks, and three strikeouts. In the game, they, the Lote Giants had seven, or no, six strikeouts and five walks. That's not... Ugh. You don't want your walks to be almost equal or equal to your <laughs> to your strikeouts. It's not it's not great. We have action again tomorrow in the KBO. Kiwum versus Hanwa, Dusan versus KT, SK versus NC, Lote versus Kian, Samsung versus LG. Those will end that series coming up. So will the Samsung Lions sweep the LG Twins? That'll be a very interesting storyline. LG is at home. Will they get swept by one of the weaker teams? in the league and then come friday samsung versus sk kia versus Dusan, kt versus load nc versus hanwa and the lg twins traveling to kiwam all of those games tomorrow and friday's actual all be at 4 30 in the morning so make sure you either set your alarms or you just stay up and watch some korean baseball which are both fun it's a very fun time and now with that being said let's look at the bundesliga's Action, we had games on Monday with RB Leipzig versus FC Köln. We predicted a 2-0 win for RB Leipzig, and they won 4-2. They were down 1-0 early. John Cordoba got a goal in the 7th minute, and then Patrick Schick got a goal in the 20th. Christopher Nkuku got a goal in the 38th. Timo Werner got a goal in the 50th, and then Danny Olmo got a goal in the 57th. So all of RB Leipzig's best players contributed to their 4-2 win over Köln in this game. Player of the game, Christian Nkuku got the goal in the game from central midfield. Again, all the attackers for RB Leipzig got goals in this game. Schick, Werner, Olmo, Nkuku, you got... Like, that's what you want. It's exactly what you want. Uh, assist from Manchester City, Loney, Angelino from the left-back spot. Gulashi, the goalkeeper, even got an assist in this game. And Limer got an assist in the game for Leipzig as well. As far as FC Köln goes, Cordoba got a goal from the striking position. And then Modest got a goal coming off the bench in this game. But we kind of expect, you knew RB Leipzig was going to win this game. They just got the more talented players. They're just a better team, better coach, better overall team, better uniforms. They're, they were just destined to win this game. So they did 4-2. to two. And remember, the last time we talked, they were currently... In fifth place, because they were a game behind Borussia Mönchengladbach and Bayer Leverkusen, with that win, that shoots them straight back up in the third place and puts them two points behind Borussia Dortmund, who had a dominating performance this past week against Paderborn, winning 6-1 to with Jaden Sancho's first hat trick of his career. Hopefully he carries that momentum into Manchester United, cross our fingers and hope he comes. But right now, Bayern Munich still first in the league, 67 points. Top of the league in goal score of 86. Borussia Dortmund with 80 right behind them. Both teams, very good form. Borussia Dortmund has one loss in their recent games to Bayern Munich. Rest of them, all wins. Same with Bayern Munich on a crazy win streak right now. 21 wins, four draws, four losses on the season for Bayern München. And looks like Paderborn, they're just destined for the drop. It looks like 19 points. They've not won in a very long time. The last six games, they've drawn three and lost three. 
that's not a recipe for really staying up in the Bundesliga. As far as Werder Bremen goes, in their last three games, they've won two and drawn one. So the chance of them going back up and staying in the Bundesliga is still alive, still alive. They're battling with the top three teams above them, Fortuna Dusseldorf and Mainz. And then we also got to talk about Union Berlin and Augsburg, which I know is not great math. I know it's four teams, but whatever. I included them in the three teams, so don't don't judge me on my math. I haven't taken a math class since I was at William Penn. So it's been a, it's been a while. Timo Werner with that goal in the game moves his goal season tally to 25 goals on the season. Which, for it keeps him in second. Bayern Munich's Robert Lewandowski has 29 goals in the season. Jane Sancho with that hat trick moved up to 17 goals on the season. Robert Lewandowski is responsible 34% of Bayern Munich's goals. And same with Timo Werner. Bayern Munich scored a lot more goals, though 86 to 74 for those two teams. We also got Bundesliga action today. We got Werder Bremen versus Eintracht Frankfurt. That's a very big game. For Werder Bremen, Eintracht Frankfurt sits 12th in the league right now. In their last six games, they've lost four, drawn one, and won one. Their last win, their win coming in their last game. Right now, Eintracht Frankfurt currently sits, what? <laughs> Let's do the math. Seven points above Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen will need this game. If they get the win for the time being, they're a they have a game in hand with Fortuna Dusseldorf, so if they win this game, that will push them above Fortuna Dusseldorf and put them in the relegation playoff zone, which is a lot better than being guaranteed to drop down to the Bundesliga too. So in this game, uh, Werder Bremen again, Eintracht Frankfurt. In the last six, in the last six times they've met, each team has won two, and each team has drawn two. So you have in the last game, Eintracht Frankfurt beat Werder Bremen two to nothing. Last time these two teams played back in March. Then we have Eintracht Frankfurt and Werder Bremen drawing the last two. Werder Bremen won in 2018 both games, 2-1 and 2-1. And then 2017, Eintracht Frankfurt won 2-1. Werder Bremen needs this game. They desperately need to win this game. Very much so. Is they, they just need to win. Have to. Have to win. Eintracht Frankfurt is not a world beater, so they're definitely beatable. Josh Sargent, get a goal in this game and keep your squad up for the coming years in the Bundesliga. Probably drop down next year, but you never know. <laughs> you could stay up forever. You could be the next Leicester City and win the league the next year. Probably not, because <laughs> Bayern Munich doesn't drop off like that. And Bruce Dortmund won't either. And then RB Leipzig won't either. Speaking of RB Leipzig, let's see if Julian Nagelsmann stays for an extended period of time and see if Jesse Marsh, current RB Salzburg coach who just won the Austrian Super League or Austrian Bundesliga, see if he moves over to the Bundesliga with RB Leipzig. Anything's possible. We got games on Friday. Freiburg versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. Saturday, Fortuna Dusseldorf versus Hoffenheim. RB Leipzig versus Paderborn. Bayern Leverkusen versus Bayern Munich. That should be a very, very fun game. Eintracht Frankfurt will play Mainz. Borussia Dortmund will play Hertha Berlin. And then on Sunday, we got Werder Bremen versus Wolfsburg, Union Berlin versus Schalke, and Augsburg versus FC Köln. So we got some very fun games coming up in the coming days and even today for the Bundesliga, but we'll go more in depth on Friday, Sunday, and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's action when we get to Friday. And speaking of Friday, there's a little birdie that told me Unit of the Week may be returning. 
It's been a very long time since we've had a unit of the week winner. We kind of just pushed it aside and kind of did this Friday fun day thing. But you know what? It might come back. Might. I'm saying might. If it doesn't, then don't be mad at me because I said might. I made sure to say might because there's a chance it will not come back. But if it does, look out for it. So there's your scores that are keeping you up to date on the only two live sports that are going on right now. The Bundesliga and the Korean Baseball Organization. Hope you're keeping track with all of those scores. It's fun keeping track of a league you never watch like the KBO because <laughs> you feel emotionally invested in this league that you've never watched and didn't hear of until you heard they were coming back and ESPN was airing their games at 4.30. But you know what? That's the that's the beauty of it. That's, that's the beautiful part. But there are sports coming back, sports that we Americans watch more, and that is the NBA is in talks of coming back. The NHL is in talks of coming back. Both teams have got playoff things done with the NHL guaranteeing their playoffs. The Blackhawks are back in the playoffs. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here talking about the NBA who has said basically per Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, so this is the quote, quoted tweet from an hour ago from it, from Woj. So the NBA's inviting 22 teams to Orlando, 13 Western Conference, 9 Eastern Conference, 8 regular season games per team, Play in for the eight seeds, July 31st through October 12th. Vote tomorrow to ratify. NBA is back. And then SportsCenter, he tweeted again. Where's that other tweet with the playoff teams? So I guess the the Phoenix Suns, let me pull up my ESPN thing because I got the NBA standings hold up. The Suns, Spurs, Kings, Pelicans, Trailblazers, and the Wizards will join the eight playoff teams that are currently in the playoff standings. The only team that is capable of going to the playoffs from the Eastern Conference, which shows how bad the Eastern Conference is, is the Washington Wizards with 24 wins. Now, when I first saw this, I saw a 22-team playoff format. and was like, oh, man, 22 teams, 11 seeds per conference? The Bulls are in the playoffs! Yes! But that's not how it went down. Um, it's actually just uh, teams that can compete to go to the playoffs, like normal playoffs. <sighs> Puts a little damper on your day, doesn't it? Learning the Chicago Bulls, even with a shortened season, still can't make the playoffs. Uh, hopefully they'll be back next year. We got a mock draft coming up in a little bit. We got top 10 teams for next year. This is just, it's no lottery. We just did this in teams ranked in wins losses right now. Uh, yeah. We didn't sim it and go like, oh, draw the teams out of a hat. Here's who we hit. Oh, we should have done that. I might take a break and then do that. And then, because that'd be fun. Because I'm tired of seeing the Bulls having the seventh pick. I love the seventh pick. Because a lot of good Bulls players have been drafted with the seventh pick. Captain Kirk Heinrich, my favorite player growing up before Derrick Rose existed. Kirk Heinrich and Steve Nash. My great Nana, uh, little side story, which we never do here, uh, is from, it lived in Phoenix for a very long time and steve nash is like a god in phoenix so my favorite player growing up was steve nash she gave me she used to mail me stuff of steve nash. i got a steve nash book i memorized pretty much every single word of that book did you know he was born in south africa you bet you didn't know that because i knew that because i had the book and now i'm gonna google it because now i'm starting to doubt myself as <laughs> in regards to that quote, because I think it's 100% right, but I'm having my doubts. Let's just say that. And, of course, 
We do this happens on the Logan Blackman show all the time. I bet you and I, the internet, not cooperating with us. I just want to search Steve Nash because I'm I'm confident in this. Because I was always like, well, why didn't he just go with the Canadian national or South African national team? Yeah, that's just how Young Logan thought. Young Logan also wrote that Sum 41 was his favorite band in fifth grade. I like Sum 41. I don't remember ever actively going on my way to listen to Sum 41. I don't know what I when I read that I was like what Logan wrote that Logan wrote some 41 is his favorite band why and his least favorite band is Ozzy Osbourne what those aren't true if I had to choose now say my favorite band's Dire Awake obviously and then least favorite band I really have a least favorite do I I think Ozzy Osbourne is just the first person that came in my head. I love Ozzy Osbourne. We try, we did this at the beginning of the year when New Year on New Year's Day, we were trying to predict who would die <laughs> in 2020. I said Ozzy Osbourne, and one of my friends said, "If Ozzy Osbourne hasn't died yet, he ain't dying anytime soon." I believe that to be 100% factual. So I don't, uh, I don't really have a least favorite, do I? Kyle, I really don't like Kyle, but he's not a band. Um, that I Spy song. I hated that I Spy song. I don't really have a least favorite band. Do I? Like, okay, let's go through the favorites. Like, Dire Awake, obviously. Green Day. Um, Vega Brothers Band. Um, NSYNC, boy band, so it counts. Um, who else do we have here? The oh crap! What was their, what was their name? Not the Jonas Brothers. They're definitely not in there. Um, crap! What was their name? Uh, 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 uh. Oh, Big Time Rush. <laughs> Obviously, Big Time Rush is. The, oh, the internet finally loaded. Steve Nash just popped up, and yes, Johannesburg, South Africa. Got that right. That came out of nowhere. I, I typed in Steve Nash, and nothing was working, and then it just poosh, there's Steve Nash. What were we even talking about? <laughs> oh my god, that's the this this is the beauty of listening to Logan Black. You never know what we're gonna talk about. Logan can create any conversation he wants with himself. That's how awesome Logan is. Can create any conversation I ever want with myself. Heh. But yeah, Steve Nash was awesome. <laughs> Steve Nash, Kirk Heinrich, um, Larry Markkinen was drafted seventh. Wendell Carter was drafted second. Um, I got to look this up because I think Luol Deng was drafted seventh as well. But I need to fact check that because I'm not as confident. He was seventh, yeah. But he was drafted by the Suns, traded the Bulls. So the Bulls have a vast history of drafting players with the seventh overall pick. It's just what Kobe White was drafted with the seventh pick. I am honestly, those are all great players. I love, they've all been very good players. But I would like the Bulls to get a little higher draft pick. To get a player that everybody wants and not just wait for someone to fall to us. I'm glad the Bulls got Kobe White. Because I love Kobe White. And, yeah, I remember I wanted uh, Mo Bamba as a center. I'm really happy they got Wendell Carter because he's way better than Mo Bamba. I know Wendell Carter doesn't have a, a dope song written about him, but he is better than Mo Bamba. I wish Wendell Carter didn't go to Duke, but that's where we are. 
It's the times we live in. We They corrected that by getting Kobe White in the draft from North Carolina. That's got to get the North Carolina guys. You got UCLA and Zach Levine, North Carolina, Kobe White, then Arizona and Georgetown, and Duke. For the starting five, that's a decent, it's a decent mix of colleges. A lot of historic schools in there. I think every one of those schools has won a national championship. Is that right? Arizona's had to win a national championship, haven't they? Now I'm doubting myself with everything. I'm not confident in that answer anymore. Wow. I'm not going to Google that because I don't I don't need to know if I'm wrong. I, If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't really care. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. I'm In my mind, that's 100% factual and correct. If they haven't won one, tell me, and I'll figure it out myself. Or I'll just Google it after the show and then go like, oh, yep, that was wrong. But what are we even talking about here? We got a freaking NBA bracket to do with the playoffs. So here's my predictions. We'll go on. So we have the twenty-one t- or twenty twenty-two teams that will be participating down in Orlando. Then we got the Wizards in the East competing for the eight spot with the Nets and Magic, both at thirty games in the season. I'm just going to go on a limb and say the Magic and Nets both make the playoffs. So the Wizards, I'm sorry, you miss out. So here's my predicted playoff bracket. This is very boring because this is just the exact standings it is right now. But I don't see them changing that drastically. Especially if uh, the rumors are true about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant coming back for the Nets. I think they're making the playoffs no problem. I think the Magic should make the playoffs as well. They made the playoffs last year, so why not go again this year? So here's my playoff bracket for the East. The Bucks playing the Magic Pacers as the 5 seed, playing the Heat as the 4. Celtics the 3 versus the 76ers. And the Nets the 7 taking on the Raptors. Same exact seed they were last year, the Raptors. I'm pretty confident they played the Nets in the first round, but I'm not, I don't really remember that closely. But for the Western Conference, there's more teams competing for that eighth spot. We have a three-way tie between seventh, sixth, and fifth between the Mavericks, Rockets, and Thunder. And it's really funny thinking about this, that uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who traded away Russell Westbrook to the Rockets and let James Harden go to the Rockets as well, are currently higher in the standings than the Rockets, the team that stole their best players, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, I think right now the playoffs, the top two seeds are locked in pretty much. Lakers one, Clippers two. I think the rest of the playoffs you could look at and go like, oh, this could happen, this could happen. Uh, the Nuggets are pretty much locked at the third spot. And then you got a very big battle between uh, all the way down from fourth till the Suns, all the way down in whatever place that is. I think 14th. You got a lot of people battling for spots. The Jazz sit with 41 wins. As we said, the Thunder Rockets and Mavericks sit with 40 wins each. The Mavericks currently sit with 27 losses. The other two teams have 24. Then you have the Grizzlies with 32 wins. The Trailblazers have 29. The Pelicans have 28. The Kings have 28. Then you have the Spurs and the Suns at 27 and 26. At the bottom of the league, you have the Golden State Warriors with 15 wins. They had the Timberwolves with 19, uh, Cavs with 19, then the Hawks and Pistons with 20, the New York Knicks with 21, the Chicago Bulls with 22, and the Charlotte Hornets with 23. The Detroit Pistons lost five games in a row. If they won those five games, they would be that last team in the playoff spot. For this, uh, uh, I don't really know what you want to call this, like magic playoff thing? I I don't know. So let's look at this. So I think the Lakers and Clippers are locked for the one-two. So the Western Conference, as usual, 
This isn't a surprise to anybody, but it's tougher than the Eastern Conference. Who would have thought? Not me. But, uh, yeah, it's got a lot of good teams. The, Maver- uh, the, the Mavericks, one of my favorite teams in the league. I always loved that. I've always had a soft spot for the Mavericks. You got the Jet, Jason Terry. You got Jason Kidd was there. Steve Nash was there for a little bit. Dirk Nowitzki. Everybody loves Dirk. And then I got, I think, my favorite player in the league right now that's not on the Bulls in Luka Doncic. I love watching Luka Doncic. Him and Nikola Jokic are so fun to watch because neither one of them look like they're elite basketball players. But I think you could argue they're the two best at their position. I think Jokic, you could argue more, is the best player in the center. Best center in the NBA. I think that one's a little bit more lopsided because I don't know who else you would throw in there. Because if you look at the top teams in the league, like the Lakers, JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard. No. The Clippers, I think it's Ivica Zubac. I don't even know if that's right. So, no. (laughs) Then the Jazz, Rudy Gobert, you could throw him in there. And you look at the other teams, the Mavericks don't have a center. Um... Or not the Ma- the Rockets don't use a center. Trailblazers got Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, there's no one really to talk about in the West and the East. Robin or Brooke Lopez is there with the Bucks. There's not really great centers. And then Myers Leonard for the Heat or is Bam Beyond Bam at Bam at a bio. I think <laughs> I can't. I know his name is Bam. Is he the center? Or is Myers Leonard the center? I'm not sure. Joel Embiid could get thrown in there. But a lot of people believe he's overrated. Andre Drummond for the Cavaliers could get thrown in there, I guess. But I think Jokic is easily the best center in the league. Doncic, you could he plays multiple positions. So you could argue he's the best at whatever position. And he'd be mentioned as the best point guard, shooting guard, or small forward. He's just he's in that realm. You might throw some people above him, like LeBron, obviously, Kawhi for the small forward spot. Uh point guard, though, I think. He might be the best because he doesn't play just point guard. He's a shooting guard. He's a small forward. He plays everywhere. I love Luka Doncic. They don't him and Jokic don't look athletic, but they are the two of the best players in the league, which is just crazy to me to think about. The Rockets, on the other hand, they got athletes for days. You got Russell. You got James Harden, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker. Like you got athletes. They don't have a big guy. Clint Capella went to the Hawks. I forgot about him. You could throw him in the center thing too if you wanted to. But. They are small ball. The Thunder, they're a weird mix of just random players, really. Chris Paul's having a career resurgence. Don't know where that really came from, but he's there. Uh, Shai Gilgis, Alexander. Dennis Schroeder's having himself a good time. Uh, Danilo Aligari, Steven Adams. Nerl- Wait, what? Nerlens Noel is still in the NBA? What? Then How come nobody told me this? I thought he was done. <laughs> this is... This is how little I have paid attention to the NBA this year because of how bad the Bulls have been. I have not paid any attention to the NBA this year. That's my bad. Because if you do a sports talk radio show, you should probably know a little bit more about the sports you're talking about. But I I know enough about the NBA to talk about. It's not like I'm just going in completely blind all the time about the NBA. But I did not know Nerlens Noel was still in the league. That actually, I'm genuinely surprised about that. But they're just a weird mix of players. Like, Shy Gilgis Alexander, a young player, who's leading the Thunder in scoring right now with 19.3 points a game. And then you got Danilo, Danilo, now, oh, jeez, Danilo Gallinari, one of the older players, 
second on the team in scoring with 19.2 points per game. And then Chris Paul's leading the team in assists with 6.8. Then Dennis Schroeder's got 19 points per game. So you got this weird mix of young and old players, but Billy Donovan, you've been work, making it work beautifully. Got the Thunder with th- 40 wins this year after trading away Russell Westbrook? That's good stuff. That is very, very good stuff. Brilliant stuff, might some, some might say. But shows how good of a coach he is. Same with Nick Nurse of the Raptors. Very good stuff. So with the Western Conference, let's get back to what we were originally talking about. I think the Lakers are the one. I think the Clippers will stay the two. I think the Nuggets will stay the three. I'm going to go on a limb and say the Jazz stay at four. And then I'm going to have oh geez, the Rockets pass the Thunder for the fifth seed. And then um, the Thunder stay at the sixth seed. And then Mavericks. And then I'm going to go with the Trailblazers with the eighth seed. So the Western Conference right now, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets, Thunder, Mavericks, Portland Trailblazers. So their matchups for the upcoming playoff series will read as follows. Lakers versus Trailblazers, Jazz versus the Rockets, or I think it was a rematch of last year's playoffs. I could be wrong. Nuggets versus Thunder, and then you have the Clippers versus the Mavericks. So let's go over each playoff matchup and predict in this hypothetical world of basketball. You know how much we love hypotheticals here on the Logan Blackman Show. It's not, it's not hypothetical. Well, I guess it is hypotheticals, but we're not saying things could change differently. We're, we're predicting things, so we can play on that. Uh, so we have the Magic winning against the Magic. I think they win that one in four games. Four to five games. That's why I give the Magic. They did that last year. I think it's the similar thing that goes on here. For the Heat and Pacers, I'm going to have the Heat winning the series in six games. <clears throat> I think the Pacers are a very talented team. I think the Pacers got a lot of talent on that. Whoa, no way, Logan. You didn't just say they're a very talented team. They got talent on their roster. Whoa, that's why you do the radio show, Logan, and we just listen to you. Whoa, so so woke, Logan. But you got like, guys like DeMontis Sabonis, TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon's averaging 16 points a game. Like You got talent on this team. DeMontis Sabonis averaging a double-double, 18.5, 12.4 rebounds a game. Malcolm Brogdon averaging 7.1 assists a game. TJ Warren leading the team in points with 18.7. They got talent. They got talent. But I think the Heat are just too talented. I really like the Heat. The Heat's roster is fun. You got the likes of Jimmy Butler, who I I love Jimmy Butler. Chicago Bulls player, love Jimmy Butler. Then you got Duncan Robinson, who's like smashing records for three-pointers made. It's awesome. Tyler Hero, the Kentucky dude. He's awesome to watch. Bam Adebayo, he is listed as the starting center there for the Miami Heat. So he could be he's up there as well for centers. He's very talented as well. Derek Jones, one of the best dunkers in the NBA. Then you got Kendrick Nunn, who's going to be in the running for rookie of the year this year. Obviously, he's not going to win it because that's going to John Morant, but he deserves to get talked about. 15.6 points per game. It's a good number. It's a very good number. Goran Dragic's re- been reserved to his bench role, but he's taken that with great pride. Duncan Robinson, 13 points. Jimmy Butler leading the team in scoring and assists and steals. He's done everything for the Miami Heat this year. I love Jimmy Butler. His attitude is very similar to that of Michael Jordan, which we talked about when we were talking about the last dance, that if Jimmy Butler destroyed the Timberwolves locker room and made Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins feel bad about themselves, imagine what Jordan would do. 
Jimmy Butler's got that killer mentality. That's why I love Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler. I wish he was still on the Bulls, but he's found a home in the Miami Heat. I think he's going to be there for a fat minute because this team they're building down in Miami is nice. I heard a rumor they were going after Anthony Davis. If he doesn't sign with the Lakers, a lot of people believe he'll go to the Heat. So look at this roster. Imagine Anthony Davis in it. So you go with Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, and Bam Adebayo. That is an insane roster. And I've heard their talks about trading for some players. If they add to that roster, that's already very talented. It's gonna be they're just gonna be a fun team. But I got them beating the Indiana Pacers in six. Celtics versus the Sixers. I love the Celtics mentality with Kemba Walker there. I really like Kemba Walker. <clears throat> I'm glad he's on a team that's actually gonna contend for things because he deserves that. He's a very talented player, and he was just stuck on a very bad team throughout the majority of his career and then he finally got out of there and now he's one of the big reasons the Celtics are in the playoffs this year Jason Tatum has taken another step as one of the best players in the NBA he's going to get a huge contract when that comes around but the Celtics win that one and I think six as well and the Raptors versus Nets this depends on if Kyle or Kyle Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant come back from the Nets I think the Raptors win this series if it's if we're standing like how we are now i think that they are better coached i think nick nurse is a great coach and based off what he lost and who he's had to coach up in this league they're still the second best team in the league or in the eastern conference that's very cool pascal siakam has turned into a star in this league uh kyle lowry has done very well in the absence of Kawhi leonard and demar Derozan, leading the team with 7.7 assists and almost averaging 20 points a game Pascal Siakam averaging 23.6. Fred Van Vliet has been very good as a two-guard option with 17.6 points per game. Norman Powell coming off the bench. They have a very talented team. And if the Nets stay as they are, without Kyrie Irving, without Kevin Durant, that's not saying they don't have good players without those guys. Like Spencer Dinwiddie is a lot of people's favorite players. Very cringy with that stupid... uh, Give me $24 million and I'll decide where I, where you guys decide where I go next. That's just stupid. Joe Harris, 14 points a game. Very good shooter. Uh, Torian Pierce, or geez, Torian Prince, very talented power forward. You got DeAndre Jordan, Jarrett Allen there as well. They've got talent on their team as well. But if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant don't come back, I think the Raptors win. If they do, I think it pushes the seven, and then we got to push. I don't know who would win that series. I think it, I'd still give it to the Raptors because of the fact that if you're talented, you're very good. But if you – well, I, no, thanks, Logan. Again, we're starting to realize why you had the radio show. Jeez. Uh, but if you haven't played an entire season like Kevin Durant has, coming off an injury that's not very easy to come back from – and if Kyrie Irving hasn't played a lot this season, then I it's going to be hard. They're still very talented. On paper, you'd expect them to win, but I think the Raptors' mentality of coming back from a, uh, a championship and then going on and exceeding everybody's expectations with Nick Nurse is going to win another coach. I, I don't know if he won it last year, but winning a Coach of the Year award and then now going into the playoffs – against a very talented Nets team, if they have everybody back and healthy, 
they're going to ride the wave and use that momentum of people doubting them to win their first round game. And then I have them lose to the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics win that series in seven. Uh, I think the Celtics just have too much talent. It's two very, very, very good coaches in Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse. And it'll be a very close series. But I think the, the Celtics just got too much, too much talent. Kemba Walker... Jalen Brown's had a very, very good season. Marcus Smart, J- uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, 23 points a game. Kemba Walker, 21 points a game. Jalen Brown, 20 points a game. Gordon Hayward, 17 points a game. Marcus Smart, 13 points a game. Daniel Theus, Theus 9 points a game. And then they got Ennis Cantor coming off the bench. Like, they've just got too much talent to lose to the Raptors. They can use the momentum of losing a bunch of players, everybody doubting them to take them far, but I think the Celtics got just got too much talent and too much... They just got too much. They do. And I think the likes of Tatum, Walker, and Jalen Brown will be enough to end the Raptors' run. So the Raptors lose that series to the Celtics in either six or seven games. And then I've got the Brooklyn Nets beating... Or not the Nets. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Miami Heat in six games. The Heat, again, we've talked about how fun they are, how they're a lot of teams, a lot of people's favorite teams, a lot of people's uh, hipster team, with the likes of Jimmy Butler, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, Bam Adebayo. Like, everybody loves that team. I don't think anybody can really hate on the Miami Heat. But the Bucks with Giannis, I, I, I only said one player, but that's how good Giannis Antetokounmpo is. And, man, I don't know if the Bucks are going to be able to hold on to him for a very long time, but he's leading the Bucks in points, rebounds, and assists. Chris Milton's averaging 21 points a game. Eric Bledsoe, 15 points a game. Brooke Lopez coming in in free agency, 11 points a game. The Bucks and Dante DiVincenzo has done very nice as that, I think he starts. Does he, is it him or Wesley Matthews that starts? I think they rotate. It is Wesley Matthews. But he's done very good as that sixth man coming off the bench. They got the Lopez brothers. Robin Lopez is there as well. Ersan Ilyasova's back in Milwaukee. But I think just Giannis is just, he's just too much. So he, they beat the Heat, and then I think the Celtics lose to the Bucks in six games. So Milwaukee Bucks go to the NBA Finals. And Giannis picks up his second MVP of his career. That's just what I'm feeling right now. Him or LeBron, I think, will win the MVP this year. But I, I don't know. I think the Bucks will make the finals, though. So here's my predictions again. Bucks beat the Magic. Heat beat the Pacers. Celtics beat Sixers. Raptors beat Nets. Celtics beat the Raptors. Bucks beat the Heat. And then Bucks beat the Celtics in six. So who will they see in the Eastern Conference Finals? Or the not the Eastern Conference Finals, but the NBA Finals? Let's go through that. So we obviously have, as we said, the Lakers versus the Trailblazers, Jazz versus Rockets, Nuggets versus Thunder, and Clippers versus Mavericks. In the first round, uh, the Lakers, they beat the Trailblazers in six. I think Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Hassan Whiteside, they bring playoff experience. Damian Lillard has hit big shot after big shot in the playoffs. They'll be a little bit of a a little bit of a challenge for the Lakers, more than what people would give the the Trailblazers credit for, especially since technically they're not in the playoffs right now. But I think they can push the Lakers. 
not beat them, obviously, but they can press them. They can make them feel the, their presence. So six games for the Lakers. I think Rockets versus the Jazz. Um, will the Jazz be the same once they come back? How will their chemistry be between Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? They got everybody's favorite player in the league, Joe Ingles. I'm going to have... Now, the, the fact that the Rockets don't have a stereotypical big man and their center's P.J. Tucker, I think it's big, but I am going to have them beating the Jazz. Even though if Rudy go... I don't know how they're going to play. There's The chemistry is not going to be great in Utah with them, with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert not really liking each other as, as we get close. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how it's been. For them since the initial reaction to COVID-19. I know Donovan Mitchell wasn't happy. I know he didn't really like him. So I think that will affect them going into this side. The Rockets beating the Jazz in seven. Maybe six. I think the Rockets just got Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I know they're stereotypical playoff chokers. But I think they can get past the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell. It depends on how good their chemistry is. If the Jazz chemistry is on point and they don't let this COVID-19 thing affect them, then I think they could win. Because they've got the big man's going to be key. No one's going to out-rebound Rudy Gobert in that series. And then you got Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Mike Conley. they got talent, but I think the Rockets will get the win there. Nuggets versus Thunder. I got the Nuggets winning that one in seven. I think that could be a very, very close series. The battle will be down low between Jokic and Steven Adams. Intense battle. Very intense game between the big men. But I think the Nuggets just overall have more talent. I would take Jamal Murray. I really like Jamal Murray. I think their bench is a little better. I, it's, no, it's not, it's not that much better, is it? It's about the same. So you look at Dennis Schroeder, he's a better bench option than Monte Morris. Sorry, Cyclone fans. Uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander's a beast. Chris Paul's been awesome this year. Danilo Gallinari's found another step in his career. So maybe they upset the Denver Nuggets in this series. Right now, if you look at the stats for the Denver Nuggets, if this would load, Nikola Jokic averaging 20 and 10. Jamal Murray's got 18 points on the season. Jokic also. Leading the Nuggets in assist with 6.9 <laughs> assists a game. You got Will Barton there as well. who's had a very nice season, 15 points a game. Paul Millsap averaging 12. Jeremy Grant coming off the bench scoring 11.6 points a game. Gary Harris, 10 points a game. Monte Moore scoring 8 points a game as well. Who would win, Oklahoma City Thunder or the Denver Nuggets? And we go back to the Thunder. We've already talked about them, but we can look at them again. Chris Paul's had a great year. Dennis Schroeder's had a great year coming off the bench. Shai Gilgis-Alexander's had a great year. Daniel Gallinari's found a second step in his career. Same with Chris Paul. Steven Adams doing typical Steven Adams things. So who would win? I'm going to go with the Nuggets in seven. But it's going to be a very, very... I might say like a, a last-second turnaround jumper from Nikola Jokic. It's like the most unathletic jumper you've ever seen in your entire life. But it swishes in like... On the corner of the, I don't know, from the corner baseline. I don't know. Uh, that's my prediction for that. But seven games for the Thunder or for the Nuggets over the Thunder and the Mavericks versus Clippers. Clippers win in five. I think the Nugget, the Mavericks, are very good. 
I love Luka Doncic. I really like Kristaps Porzingis, but I'm going to go with the Clippers. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Pat Beverly. I think they're just going to, I think they're going to handle the Mavericks. So now we got the Lakers versus the uh, Rockets. Lakers win that one in six. Again, back-to-back six-game series wins for the Lakers. You really think James Harden and Russell Westbrook, who are known for not being great in the playoffs, are going to beat LeBron James, who's known for being good in the playoffs? I don't really see that happening. I'll be 100% honest with you. That's just my humble opinion on it. LeBron James is bigger than P.J. Tucker. That's their starting center. What are what are they going to do to the L.A. Lakers? Nothing. Anthony Davis is going to eat down there. So I don't really see the, the, the Rockets being any trouble for the Lakers. And same thing for the Nuggets and the Clippers. I'm going to go with a six-game series there just because I think the Nuggets have the talent, but they won't beat the Lakers or beat the Clippers. And then now we get the much-anticipated battle for Los Angeles. L.A. Clippers versus L.A. Lakers. Best of seven. I think it goes to seven. And I'm going to go with... Oof. This is very close. This is a very, very close matchup. We didn't really look at the Clippers in-depthly as we did with the other teams. Kawhi Leonard right now, 26 points a game. Paul George, 21 points a game. Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, 18 points a game. It's going to be close. It's a very close battle. It will go to seven games. I'm close to guaranteeing that right now. First game of the season, Clippers beat the Lakers. Next time... The two teams met. We had another win for the Clippers. 111-106. So we have close matchups between these two teams. Very close. Last time these two teams met, they lost. So 2-1 to one right now in favor of the Los Angeles Clippers. Very close matchups there. That's, it is going to 7. There's no way this series doesn't go to 7. I refuse to believe that those two games, those two teams do not force seven games. There's too much talent on both sides of the court for them not to go to seven. Does someone take a massive leap over the other team? Uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. But I am going to go with the Lakers over the Los Angeles Clippers. Seven points, I think the la- they're all decided by five points or less. That's my prediction. Except for, like, game three. Then the Clippers blow them out for some odd reason. They blow them out of the water, and the Lakers come back and beat them the next game. But I'm going to go with the Lakers and Bucks. Battle of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's teams. And I really want the Bucks to win a finals. I, they're in the same conference, same division as the Chicago Bulls, but I don't dis- I've never really disliked the Bucks. I've always hated the Pacers. I've always hated the Cavaliers and because those were the two teams when the Bulls were good. Those were the two teams that always struck the Bulls struggled with for whatever reason. I hated those two teams growing up. I've always had, well, not all. I shouldn't say always. I've had a dislike for the Pistons. I could have cared less at any point in time in my life about the Milwaukee Bucks. I have never been like, oh, I, I hate the Bucks. They're so weird. I hate them. I've hated their uniforms. For a lot of their existence, I have hated their uniforms. But I've never really been like, man, I just ugh, I hate them so much. They just, just suck. Grr. I've never been like that. 
I respect what they're doing. I really like Giannis. Giannis, you want to go to Chicago to help turn the Bulls around? We would greatly appreciate it. Rumajar is going to the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Giannis, they have 15 wins. We had 22. <laughs> We're way better option for you. Now, do the Bulls, can the Bulls afford him? I don't know. But I hope he does. <laughs> I hope they can. And I hope for whatever reason he wants to come to Chicago, he comes. But I think the Lakers get the finals there. I think it's a seven-game series. Uh, Giannis struggled in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I think the Lakers can do the same thing to the Bucks in this one. And yeah, I'm going to go with the Lakers over the Bucks in that series. Very, very close one. Right now, that's what I'm feeling. I think the Bucks could pull the series back. Seven-game series, I think. Six or seven games. But I'm going to go with the Lakers. It just makes too much sense for them not to win the finals this year. The Lakers. Kobe passes away. And I'm not saying this is the only reason I'm saying this, but I just think it's destined. I think it's destined to be. There's things there's these teams called teams of destiny. And I think that's what the Lakers are. For this year. Uh they have one of the most talented rosters in the league, obviously, with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and stuff like that. But I think just I just think it's destined to be that the Lakers win the finals. Versus the Bucks, the team that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for. Lakers and Bucks legend. I think it's Lakers versus the Bucks, and I think the Lakers win in six or seven games. I think the Bucks dominate game one, so everybody's like, oh my god, the Bucks might actually beat the Lakers. And then it doesn't happen because Lakers figure out how to defend the Bucks, and it's over after that. LeBron versus Giannis. That's the matchup. We all want to see in an NBA Finals. So with that being said, let's take a quick break here on the Logan Blackman Show. We'll come back. we got some NBA mock drafts to look at, NBA needs for each team, and a tiny little mock draft. Not a full mock draft, just 10, team, 10 worst teams in the league currently. And we'll look at that right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the last half hour of this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on The Basement podcast i'm sorry if the last section gets a little like like a little like there's little pops in it i don't know why it is this microphone acts weird sometimes and it sometimes does that and i i don't really know what goes on with it i'm sorry about that hopefully in the future i can invest in a a better microphone this microphone does its job but it's it's nothing fantastic i want to get one of those legit podcast microphones that cool people have and that people that have a lot of money can get this was $50 so it you know what it it works for the time being but obviously the mic quality up at 94.5 KULT is much much better so we'll expect that in the fall as I just got an email that you and I is opening up for the fall good news all around and so yeah hopefully the KULT station gets open and I can go back to working at KULT and doing that stuff because that'll be a lot of fun i love going to kolt because i like doing the show in the station i also really like doing a live show it makes me uh be a little bit more on top of things not that i'm not on top of things when i'm in the basement podcast but it just keeps me more on top of it where um i have to perform because i'm live i can't like edit it out because whatever I say is going to be live, and I can't change anything about that. So we just have to go through and do it like it is. 
what ease. I remember what that's from, but that was a pretty funny line from some movie or TV show. I don't really remember. And I, you know what? I don't really care either. So let's just dive into our next talking point. We did the NBA playoffs. How accurate is that going to be? I don't know. I barely understood the playoff. It took me like two hours to realize what the playoffs were doing. I didn't know what types of things they were doing for the playoff. It was just kind of a, a weird segment for me when I woke up this morning and saw all the different things that were going on. So like, oh, 22 teams, the Bulls will make it. Nah. They gave a middle, middle finger to the Bulls and said, no, we are only doing 16 teams. The uh, only the other uh, five teams, or no, seven six teams that will be competing for that last playoff spot will be the better teams out of the rest of you losers. So with that being said, let's look at mock draft. It's just 10 teams. We just got in whatever order they are in right now in standings. I kind of forgot to do the hat thing when I was upstairs. So we're not doing that. So here we go. It's the Warriors, Cavs, Timberwolves, Hawks, Pistons, Knicks, Bulls, seventh pick, Hornets, Wizards, and the Suns. So current record-wise, here's how we stand with the Warriors 15 and 50. So not not great. Not a great record. Not the record you really want to have stapled to your team. The Cleveland Cavaliers currently sit at 19 and 46. The Timberwolves are 19 and 45. The Atlanta Hawks are 20 and 47. The Detroit Pistons are 20 and 46. The New York Knicks sit at 21 and 45. The Chicago Bulls are 22 and 43. The New Orleans Hornets are 23 and 42. The Washington Wizards are 24 and 40. And the Phoenix Suns are 26 and 39. But the Wizards and the Suns could somehow make the playoffs and miss out on the top 10 picks in the draft. So we went through each team, figured out some needs for each roster, and then drafted a player appropriately. For the Warriors... They just have had a ton of injuries. To put it short play, short and simple, they've had a ton of injuries. They had a ton of them. Steph Curry's barely played. Uh, Clay Thompson hasn't played. Draymond Green's been injured a lot. Andrew Wiggins got traded for midseason, but hasn't had enough time to really do anything. They need a center. So with the number one pick, I have them taking James Weissman from Memphis. Obviously, the whole... Uh, taking money thing was really big a few months ago, so he's obviously not at Memphis anymore. But he played at Memphis, and he will be that center that they need. He'd be the first really good center that I can think of for the Warriors since Wilt Chamberlain. Maybe I'm missing somebody, but he's an athletic dude. He can do everything on the court. I think it'd be a very nice fit to what Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. I think he could fit right in there. If they want to go that direction, I think Anthony Edwards could be a move there as well. Because I've heard rumors of Clay Thompson wanting to leave if he goes to the Lakers or something like that. Then an Anthony Edwards would be a viable pick there as well. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, as we said, 19 wins on the season. One of the worst teams in the league. Currently second in this version of the mock draft. Uh, they really need a small forward. They've drafted two point guards the past two years in Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, who have both been... Very nice players for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Colin Sexton has had himself a very nice start to his career. Right now, he's averaging 20.8 points a game on the season. And then you got Darius Garland averaging 12.3 and leading the team with 3.9 assists. Darius Garland has been their point guard. Colin Sexton has been playing more off the ball, but still brings the ball up the court every now and again. They just need a, they need a small forward. And I think that's where Anthony Edwards comes in. Anthony Edwards 
could play both positions. He's a very talented player from Georgia. This draft just is not very strong. It's a pretty weak draft. Not going to lie. It's not like years gone by where we know, like, there's no um, Zion Williamson. There's no John Morant. We know, we don't know really how good these players are. Now, they'd be a very small team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, because obviously Sexton and Garland are both point guards. Sexton, currently the taller out there, not currently, he is the taller out of the two, at six foot one. Anthony Edwards would come in at six foot five. And yes, he can play both spots as a small forward or shooting guard. They'd be a smaller team. Let's just let's just say it like it is. They'd be a smaller roster. Obviously, right now, Chetty Osman starts there at the small forward spot. He has averages 11 points a game there, but they can certainly upgrade on that. Maybe we see an Obi Toppin go here, but I think Anthony Edwards is the better player out of the two. Younger has more upside than Obi Toppin, though he was the Naismith Player of the Year. I would, if I'm a Cavs fan, I would like to see Anthony Edwards make his way to Cleveland. And your lineup's starting to get built out a little bit because Andre Drummond got traded to you guys from the Detroit Pistons. Kevin Love's still there, still performing at a decent level, averaging 17 points a game. But if you got a guy like Anthony Edwards, that would stir up and you get another scoring option past Colin Sexton on the roster. And if you wanted that OB Toppin type, could play power forward or small forward, whatever you ask of him, he would be a viable option there for the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. And speaking of Obi Toppin, number three, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they have a few needs on their roster. They just traded for D'Angelo Russell, who can play both point guard and shooting guard. They still have Carl Anthony Towns. But other than that, they drafted Jarrett Culver last year. But they... I don't know. They just aren't a great... They aren't that good. <laughs> Let's just tell it like it is. D'Angelo Russell, since coming over, has averaged 21.7 points per game, but they've pretty much traded their entire roster, so their stats are all all over the place. Malik Beasley, right now, is listed as their starting shooting guard. He's averaging 11 points a game, a decent clip for a young shooting guard. Josh Okogi is your starting small forward, averaging 8.6 points per game. And then Juan Hernan Gomez is your starting power forward who's averaging six points a game. Whoever you wanted to replace, Obi Toppin would slide right in and take that starting job from whoever you wanted. This last year, 20 points a game, 7.5 rebounds. Naismith Player of the Year can dunk the crap out of the basketball. 90% of his highlights are just him dunking. So if you wanted to add him to a team that needs that is a position of need, small forward or power forward, he would slot into either one of those spots. Now, if... This is a big if. If Obi Toppin does go number two to the Cavaliers, which is a possibility, I fully expect a guy like Anthony Edwards to go number three to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're just going to take the best player available, and I think he fits their needs. LaMelo Ball is an obvious shout here as well because LaMelo Ball is the best point guard in this class, but would he fit in next to D'Angelo Russell in this team? D'Angelo Russell can certainly play off the ball, but would they go with Melo or would they go with Obi Toppin, who fills a more immediate position of need, either small forward or power forward, rather than getting another point guard when our shooting guards aren't that bad to begin with in Culver and Malik Beasley. So you'd just be benching one of those guys for 
And Colvert got drafted last year, so he still has time to grow. He averaged around nine points a game, I think that's what it said. Yeah, nine points a game for Jarrett Culver this year. Get Obi Toppin, and you figure out a lot of things on your roster. The Atlanta Hawks, I think they need either a shooting guard or small forward. They obviously got, um, crap, what's his name? John Collins, and they got Clint Capella, Trey Young, one of the best young players in the league. The small forward shooting guard spot is big for them. They got DeAndre DeAndre Hunter in the draft last year, along with Cam Reddish. But do they really want to keep going with Kevin Huter at shooting guard? He can shoot. He averages 12 points a game. Do you want him to be your shooting guard or starting guard for the team at all times? I think they could go with Isaac Okoro, who can start both at shooting guard and small forward. He'd be a very viable option for the Atlanta Hawks. And I think it would fit nicely with Trey White or Trey, Trey White, Trey Young, as the number two guard on the team last year, Auburn, he averaged 12.9 points a game, 4.4 rebounds, very good defender, which is something Trey young has struggled at throughout his early times in his career. I think he could be a very good two guard for the Hawks. Kevin Huter coming off as a sixth man, along with cam reddish. I think that's perfect for them. If they wanted to, if they really, really thought they needed to, they could definitely go with a LaMelo ball there. And have him and Trey rotate off the ball at point guard. Or, if they wanted to go Anoika Okogu, I've never been able to say this guy's name. If they wanted to go with him at center, that would be an option there as well. But I think Isaac Okoro, with his defensive abilities, would be a very nice fit and would solve some problems that the Hawks have been facing, which is their defensive abilities. At number five, the Detroit Pistons. They cannot believe this has just happened. The Detroit Pistons get LaMelo Ball from Australia, and I know Derrick Rose has been the team MVP this year. Derrick Rose has had a slight little resurgence in his play. 18 points a game, 5.6 assists a game, a little bit of a resurgence for him. Their shooting guard spot was Sviatov. Good luck. He was at Kansas. I don't remember what his I can't pronounce his name. He was on the Lakers for a little bit. Now he's on the Pistons. Averages 9 points a game. And then you got Tony Snell, who's personally one of my least favorite players in the NBA. <laughs> so I could definitely see the this going with the Hawks taking LaMelo and then the Pistons taking Isaac Okoro, who could replace either the Kansas dude or Tony Snell. But I think they're not planning on going with Derrick Rose as the franchise point guard for years to come on. So I think LaMelo Ball would be the move for the Detroit Pistons. And we start seeing a little bit of a, a comeback for the Pistons. I think Akuro would fit more of that Piston mold with the defensive capabilities that it has and the grittiness that he plays with. But I th- they just got to take the best player available, don't they? They do. They can't not pass on LaMelo Ball if he's available and a point guard is a position of need. They're going to get either one, two, or three in this draft. Those are the positions they need to address. And I think right now, I think the best player available in the draft at that point is LaMelo Ball. Number six with the New York Knicks, I have them taking Killian Hayes, who's playing over in France. This past year, he averaged 12.8 points a game, 6.2 assists. Now, he's not French. He's from the United States. He's from Florida. But the Knicks have a weird history of drafting a point guard from France named Frank Nielakina, and he didn't really turn out the way that Knicks fans really wanted him to. But they need a point guard. They really need a point guard. They've been dra- they've been trading and signing young point guards 
left, right, and center. Elford Payton, Frank Nielakina, and Dennis Smith are already all on the roster. I think you look at a center as well, but I think Mitchell Robinson has some potential there. Mo Harkless at small four, maybe want to address that, but a position of dire need for the Knicks that they've been trying to address over the past like five, six years has been point guard. And they've been doing a very bad job at it. They haven't been doing it that much in the draft. Frankly, Lakina, very good defender, scorer, not great. Averaging 6.3 points a game is not what you want for a top 10 pick in the draft. Let's just say it like it is. That's not really what you aim for. So I think they need to address the point guard spot. And Killian Hayes is the second best point guard in this draft. I think could solve an immediate need for the Knicks. Number seven, the Chicago Bulls. I think they'll go with, they got three options here. This is my team. Point guard, shooting guard, or small forward, or center. The point guard thing's weird. Why? Because obviously they drafted Kobe White last year. So that's obviously not something you look at of the Chicago Bulls and go, wow, they really need to draft a point guard. Kobe White is very, very bad. That is nothing on Kobe White. I am not saying this as an indignation of Kobe White. I'm not saying this damning Kobe White. Kobe White is right now, as we stand, the second best player on the Chicago Bulls. He just is. He is the second best player behind Zach Levine on the Chicago Bulls. He is, the only problem with with him is how shoddy he is on random occasions. It's very weird to have him go for 31 game and then score four the next game. Now that obviously comes down to a lot of Jim Boylan's coaching abilities, which is very minimal. He thinks he's Greg Popovich. He's not. Nowhere close, really. And it doesn't work for these young players. But I think the Bulls getting Tyrese Halliburton in the draft would unleash Kobe White and Zach Levine. Tyrese Halliburton would be the ball-distributing point guard that the Bulls need in this style of offense that they have. They have a lot of people that can shoot. Zach Levine can shoot. Otto Porter can shoot. Lowry Marketing can shoot. Kobe White can shoot. Denzel Valentine can shoot. They need someone to give them the ball. The Bulls don't have anybody that's willing to give up the ball. They're all looking to shoot. That's where Tyrese Halliburton comes in. Kobe White is very similar to that of Jamal Crawford. The Chicago Bulls drafted him with a very high pick. And then as his career went on, Jamal Crawford has become one of the best, if not the greatest, sixth man of all time. I think, uh, well, no, I think Mono Ginobili is. But then you can have him and you got, I almost said Tony Douglas. That's not right. Will Lou Williams, Eric Gordon, great players that have been drafted to start, but have gone on to have good years as good careers at six man. Now, I don't know exactly when Lou Williams was drafted, but I know the other players I mentioned were higher draft picks. Kobe White is very similar to that of Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford got drafted as a point guard. Played as the starting point guard for the early, really bad, early 2000s Chicago Bulls teams. Started coming off the bench and found a role. I think Kobe White could definitely do that, have that spark off the bench, and come in, and we if we needed a thing late, Tyrese Halliburton dribbles the ball at the court. He can pass to either Levine, to Kobe White, to Lowry Markkinen, to Denzel Valentine, who's not the greatest shooter but can shoot. Feed it to Wendell Carter down low if he's ever healthy. Otto Porter can shoot. I think Tyrese Halliburton would be perfect for the Chicago Bulls team. And I think moving Kobe to the bench is not bad on Kobe. It's a good thing, I guess. So you look at the good players that are currently on the – like. Tyler Hero was a top draft pick this past year. He comes off the bench, 
for Duncan Robinson. I'm guessing that's not what he really wanted coming into the league, but he has a role, and he's done very, very well in that role. That's why I think Kobe White do, if not better. Because I think Kobe White has that flamethrower mentality that doesn't really see him being a franchise point guard. Maybe in in today's NBA he could be, but he doesn't distribute the ball like a franchise point guard. I think Tyrese Halliburton could do that for the Bulls. The Hornets, at number eight, my internet just completely stopped working, so we're doing this off of basically nothing right now. And uh, the Hornets, we have them taking uh, Onika Okongu. They need a center. Their guards are decent. Deontay Graham's played very well for the Hornets since coming to the league. And then uh, you have Terry Rozier, who they traded Kemba Walker for. So there's your two guard spots. They've been playing pretty decently there, but their center position is not as strong as they would have liked. So I think he could come in and start at center or power forward for the Charlotte Hornets. The Wizard, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with if Bradley Beal's coming back, if John Wall's coming back. Who's all coming back? I don't know, but I think they just take the best player available. And that is Denny Avida from Israel. Small forward. can I think he can play shooting guard. Again, my internet's not working, so I can't even do, like, backup notes if I wanted to. It just randomly shut off. I don't know what is going on here. But, yeah, I think he could be a very nice option for the Washington Wizards who are in need of other scores outside of Bradley Beal, who has currently been carrying this dead weighted team on his back and somehow they are sniffing around the playoffs which is amazing to think about now as we said could play small forward can play power forward now this has does have some similarities to drag on bender who did not have a lot of big time playing ability when he or big time playing experience when he came over to the nba Dragon Bender was drafted fourth overall by the Phoenix Suns and did not live up to expectations at all, really. In his time over in Israel, he averaged 2.1 points per game in seven games. Now, that being said, Denny Advija, I don't don't know how to say his name. I'm not even going to continue trying to try and say his name, has averaged 2.8 points a game and 3.9 points a game. In a grand total of 41 games played. So there's that fear factor that goes into drafting him. But is he worth it? I don't know. He's played on the exact same team that Dragon Bender did. So, I don't know. That's scary. But I think he could be a very good... He could be a good player. But it's it's obviously scary. I probably... This is going to come back to bite me. But if I'm looking at that, it scares me to draft him. He's not a Luka Doncic who's averaging this insane amount of points playing for the best team in Europe. No, 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 no. That's what scares me about this. You're averaging two points a game, playing in a lot of games, 41 games for him. That's, that's scary for me as a GM. And for the Phoenix Suns, they need a, either a point guard, small forward, or power forward. Um, they got their center. And DeAndre Ayton, they have Devin Booker. So they got those two pieces done. Dario Saric came over from the Philadelphia 76ers, has done well in his time in Phoenix. Michael Bridges was also coming over from the Philadelphia 76ers, averages 8.7 points a game. They need a point guard. I'm sure Ricky Rubio is not who they want to be their starting point guard. Elia Kobu 
who was drafted last year in the second round or two years ago, has averaged four points a game. I think they're going to want an upgrade at either the point guard spot or get another score just to pair with Devin Booker. So you could look at the likes of uh, Cole Anthony could be an option here. But for the Phoenix Suns right now, I think they're just going to take – this is just – now, again, this is just what I'm thinking right now. This could go very wrong. Maybe this isn't what it's going to happen. But right now I'm going to have taking David Devin Bassell, who averages 12.7 points per game, averages 5.1 rebounds. He could start at small forward, or you could probably, if you want to play small ball, could play him at power forward. It depends on what you believe in Elia Kobu, or if you want to do this, go rogue here. Move Devin Booker to point guard if you don't want Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Rubio to start again. Ricky Rubio, done decent in Phoenix. 13 points, 8.9 assists. So if you don't want to move on from him, then you draft a guy like Vassell. So there's my top 10 in my mock draft. James Wiseman for the Warriors. Anthony Edwards for the Cavs. Obi Toppin for the Timberwolves. Isaac Okuru for the Hawks. LaMelo Ball for the Pistons. Killian, Killian Hayes for the Knicks. Tyrese Halliburton for the Bulls. Double O from USC because I can't. Uh, Anika Okongwu. I, I think I nailed it there. Uh, the Washington Wizards. Denny Advigia. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. And Devin Vassell going to the Phoenix Suns. There's your mock draft from the Logan Blackman show. And right now, we're running out of time more than I was. We don't have as much time left as I thought, so I don't really know if I can go to all the way through what I want to talk about next. But uh, just some brief news in football. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do my quarterback rankings and all that, like I said at the beginning. Um, so for college football, Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross uh, was having shoulder surgery. Found out he had a spinal condition, so he's out for the year. Expected to have a huge year. T. Higgins was gone. He was the reigning reception leader from Clemson's team that went to the Natty last year. Yards were expected to take a massive jump because of T. Higgins being gone. He's expected to be a top 10 pick or top 15 pick in next year's draft in a really good wide receiver class with the likes of Jamar Chase, Bateman, uh, Jalen Wild, Devontae Smith, and Justin Ross. But he's not going to be in part of that anymore because he's out for the season. Will this affect Clemson? Um, let me think. Yes and no, because it's Clemson, first of all. Clemson has a top QB in the nation, a top running back, and a great defense. They'll be fine. Clemson is not in the strongest conference in the world. Their biggest competition going into the season is arguably North Carolina. You obviously have Louisville there. Wake Forest lost their starting quarterback. Florida State has a new head coach again. And who knows what they're going to do. Then you got Miami. who has got Derek King. See how they do. Manny Diaz in his second year as head coach, I believe. See how he does. Virginia lost their starting quarterback and Bryce Perkins. Duke getting Clemson's backup quarterback, Chase Bryce. One of the best backups, if not the best backup in college football for the past few seasons. Clemson will be fine. If you look at the points allowed in their conference versus everybody else, they allowed 84 points. The next closest was Virginia, who allowed 102 more points than Clemson. Clemson scored 370 points in the ACC. The next closest was 282 from Louisville. 
who allowed 305 points. So, is Clemson going to struggle? No. It's not in the ACC. I think they might run into some problems once they get to the college football playoff because that's a foregone conclusion that they go with the lack of wet. But we'll see how they do. They do have some – they're talented. It's Clemson. They're going to be talented. Amari Rogers, DeAndre Overton are the third and fourth leading receivers from the year before. They're going to have to step up. Amari Rogers had 426 yards and four touchdowns. DeAndre Overton, 352 yards and three touchdowns. Clemson will be fine. I know those receivers don't have the greatest numbers from the season before, but they'll be fine. If you look back at 2015, star wide receiver Mike Williams ran into a goalpost and injured his neck out for the season. What did Clemson do? They went all the way to the national championship and lost to Alabama by five points. Mike Williams was the leading receiver from the season before with 1,030 yards. He also had six touchdowns. Justin Ross was the second leading receiver from the year before. So imagine losing your number one wide receiver. I know he's the number one going into the season, but he didn't have the same production. He never led Clemson in receiving, to my knowledge. At least last year he didn't. And Clemson still made the national championship. Talented quarterback, and Deshaun Watson for that team. Now it's Trevor Lawrence. Losing your best weapon. It's sad. It's hard to work with, but I'm something tells me Clemson will be a-okay. I don't really think they'll struggle. They'll go to the national championship, at least go to the playoff, and then we'll see how much the loss of Justin Ross really affects us once they actually start playing legit teams. Because if you look at what their schedule this year, it's not full of world beaters. You look at the schedule, they played Georgia Tech and Louisville the first two weeks of the year. Start off conference play early. Their schedule is pretty much all conference teams, let's be honest here. Then they play later in the year in November. They play at Notre Dame after a bye week after playing Syracuse. Then the Citadel. And then South Carolina for the end of the season. And then at Wake Forest before that. Who's out without Jamie Newman. So, how will Clemson be? I don't think I really need to answer this question. If you look at Georgia Tech win, Louisville win, Akron win, Virginia win, Boston College win, Florida State win, NC State win. Like All of these are wins. It's not going to take a genius to figure that out. Clemson is just a thousand times better than everybody in the ACC. I think everybody's aware of that. So the loss of Justin Ross, yes, it's huge, but in the grand scheme of things, it won't really affect him that much. And with that being said, let's end the show here. We're going to come back on Friday. We'll go over my list of top 10 quarterbacks in college football, just quarterbacks in college football. So it's not people that are going into next year's draft. It's not people that are, you have to be a certain age to do this. It's just the top 10 quarterbacks in the draft in the in college football. Some people that you think should be on this list are left off. I'm sorry about that, but that's just how the world works sometimes. But yeah, that's all we've got for you today. We got backup quarterback bracket as well to get you. No FCS quarterbacks are in this list. So Trey Lance will not be in this. Will McElvain will not be in this. And speaking of Will, the UNI Panthers, according to Athlon Sports, ranked second in the nation in their preseason poll, right behind North Dakota State. Big moves, big things expected for the UNI Panthers this year, and I am very excited for this upcoming season. So that's all I've got for you today on this on this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And I hope you all have a great day. I hope you all go out and donate, go out 
and sign a petition or something and just never forget of what's going on right now in our country because we the last thing we need to do is forget i hope you all have a great day i'll see you on friday peace